Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Performance Intelligence Podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. Well, I read recently as well, and it was in the AFR, so it's a reputable distribution or a reputable publication, that up to 50% of the workforce now is showing signs and symptoms or telling their employees they feel burned out. Can you please explain what is burnout? And secondly, what is the difference between burnout and high levels of stress, anxiety, and depression? So start with easy questions. eh? Burnout is not a disease. I think I'm just going to start by saying what it's not. The, The World Health Organization classifies burnout as a syndrome. And there are key characteristics of this syndrome. I mean, the first one is physical and emotional energy depletion. And and our listeners will know what I'm talking about there. Secondly, chronic exhaustion. Thirdly, increased mental distance from their job. And that can often be expressed through negativism or cynicism. And fourthly, people have this feeling of decreased personal accomplishment. They're the key characteristics of this syndrome. Mm. And when I have been on the verge of burnout myself. And you you and I have worked with thousands of people with our online assessments, hundreds in our high-end human performance assessment. We'll get into that in a moment. But, But when I've been there or when I'm working with people and we're working with people together... It's that extreme emotional exhaustion, isn't it? It just feels Mm. hard. Going to the shops and getting the groceries and taking them inside is a big task. Uh, You just feel, no matter how much rest, when you push yourself way too far on the burnout continuum, everything's hard. It is hard. And I think one of the difficulties with burnout, I mean, we tend to think of burnout and the term has been coined from uh, job burnout. And I mean, I would argue, and I think you would too, that you can burn out from many different ways. And you work with a lot of elite uh, sports personalities, sports stars, champions, and and they can suffer from burnout. You might argue that their job was their sport, and of course the burnout's coming from that. But on an individual level, you can have relationship burnout. You can have uh, burnout from many different triggers. But I think predominantly looking at the body of research out there, it's coming from a body of literature from the healthcare professionals, which is now being recognised as not necessarily unique to healthcare professionals. I think one of the things you've got to ask yourself is why why do do health professionals suffer burnout? And if I start to tell you some of the things that have been shown in really good quality research studies, I think our listeners will start to associate that in their own life. One of the first things is workload. Workload has been shown to be highly predictive of the risk of burnout. Pressure, health professionals work under pressure. That pressure can be constant and that's a real trigger for burnout. Health professionals work in chaos. You you spoke earlier about working in ICU. You can predict the next two minutes if you're lucky, and even in that two minutes, you might have saved two lives. So, So chaos is another factor. So there's a degree of unpredictability that contribute to burnout. Then there's things around systems, resources that can actually influence people's um, satisfaction at work. And we see this in the health system where often we often say the bureaucracy gets in the way of good healthcare delivery. And that can really frustrate clinicians and can become a real source of burnout where you have to do so much clerical work and you think, well, I didn't do 10 years in, in university to learn how to fill in a computer form, but actually there's a reason for it and this is how the system works. Shift work is a big factor for health professionals. 
um, as it is for many people who in today's 24-hour society, it's not just hospital work. We're going to say what's the difference work. between shift work and mobile phone connectivity where you are bombarding your sympathetic nervous system, your brain's in constant beat of brainwaves from 6 a.m. in the morning to 10 or 11 p.m. at night. So a lot of people are doing shift work. They don't even realize it. Yeah, and, and you know, we talk about shift work. We, we, we put the word work, but of course, you may work a long day in your in your paid job, but then you go home and you have another job and another responsibility that might not finish until all hours of the night. So I think, you know, those boundaries around day workers, shift workers, we do have to accept that shift workers do tend to have um, other health challenges that non-shift workers don't get. Mm. Um, you know, shift workers tend to be five times more likely to suffer from depression symptoms and, and as many other, you know, physical fatigue as well with shift workers. Um, there, there are many additional stressors for shift workers which would make them even more prone to burnout. But one of the other things too uh, that comes up in the literature that it's often the little things, and I often often become aware of this at home. That the little things we all know, the little things at home, can get in each other's nerves. In the context of work, it's often those little things that trigger people into that road of burnout, and those little things might be like not putting the filling the paper back up in the the photocopying machine. It might be not changing the toilet roll in the shared bathroom. It, you know, those little things can grind on people. And when you put that into the context of pressure, into the context of unpredictability, those little things can become the triggers where people actually start to lose it. So for anyone listening to this, if their partner has said, put the toilet roll holders back or put that back in the drawer with all the peanut butter, does that mean their partner's on the verge of burning out? Uh, it might be that their <laughs> partner's trying to trigger them on the <laughs> Or, or maybe they're trying to stimulate a conversation. But I think, you know, if we take it purely from an empirical research perspective, people who have suffered burnout, and, and we've, you and I have worked with many clients who've, who've been on the brink or suffer burnout, they will often be fixated on the little things. Mm. And it can be, a, a, you know, it can be a whole process to come back upstream to see why did that little thing trigger this perception of burnout. Hi, it's Andrew, and thanks for listening to this bite-sized edition of the Performance Intelligence Podcast. If you like this episode and would like to hear more, you can find the Performance Intelligence Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. You can listen to High Performer Series, where I sit down with a leader in sport, business, entertainment, the arts, multiple domains, and look at the factors that has helped make them successful. There's the science of where we explore a topic and go deep with some of the world's leading experts and perform a spotlight, which is a case study with an individual. It could be a small team or it could be a large organization on what they have done to achieve performance intelligence. And if you would like to support the podcast, please make sure to subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they come out and leave a comment and rating as we really do appreciate the feedback.